Welcome back to Survivor at Home, the podcast. This is episode two covering Survivor season 42. And I'm here. My name is Jordan. I'm here alongside my co-host, Andrew. Andrew, welcome in. We just saw episode two. This season is going with Survivor 42. And uh, what did you think? Have you thought, how have you thought so far about these two episodes? I love it so far. And just want to say right off the bat, fans listening at home will notice something a bit different in the audio. That's because I'm recording from a dungeon at a friend's cottage. Paul and Vicky, players of Survivor at home, big fans, uh, were up at their cottage and had to change a few things last minute. Anyway, kids trying to get to bed. And so the only space I could record tonight was in this dungeon. If you follow us on Instagram, you'll see a hilarious video of me climbing down this ladder into this basement that is unfinished. And it's, so it's a little echoey, but we're dedicated. We're here for the show. And just like Survivor is here for the fans, 42 seasons, Jeff, as you said last time, is so excited about this great cast. I'm excited about this great cast to see uh, each of these contestants on. And episode number two just keeps rolling. I'm trying to get more people invested. So many people are already tuning in, uh, but I'm, I love it. I love it right at the, the gate how things are happening. And this episode didn't disappoint either. So excited to break this down uh, with you. And just usually for those listening, you know that we'd like to have a guest on. We did have a scheduling conflict there. Our good friend Luke from season four Survivor at Home will definitely be on soon in a future season. But we had a bit of a miscommunication there. And he said the Leaf game is on tonight. So I'm not going to judge him uh, for that either. And March Madness, there's a lot going on. Uh, so Luke, finalist of Survivor at Home season four, not just contestant, but finalist and runner-up, correct? Second runner most up. votes in final tribal. So right. A good, and he's yeah, got someone... a bone to pick with uh, Alex Street, the winner. Yeah, yeah, he does, uh, which will be interesting. Someone that that'll be one of the uh, few guests that I haven't even talked to before. So it'll be interesting to hear his perspective when he comes on. We're looking forward to that. Um, episode of the podcast that'll definitely definitely be one to tune in for so uh, stay tuned for that as we get going here though Andrew um, one more thing I wanted to ask we just mentioned Survivor at Home season five any information on it you're the host any can you give us anything at all I can tell you that it's going to keep rolling the the feedback season after season is that it is such a joy and a, a blast for people to take part in so yeah, oh, if, you, if you had a lead with something like, oh, I don't know if we're going to do it, I'd be jumping through my computer screen yes. right now at you to uh, uh, being upset because that's not that's not oh, the I way appreciate it's going. It. You got to you got to run it. You got to keep going with it. It's I appreciate awesome. it. Yeah, I I I'm thinking it'll be sometime in September. That's all I'll say. Nice. Maybe September or October after the summer. But really excited for a fifth season. Actually, a couple nights ago, still funny off this cold. By the way, you can hear it, but. I was laying in bed. I went to bed at 10 o'clock and I was awake until 2.30. You know, you have those nights where you just cannot sleep. And sometimes it's because you're scrolling your phone and the reels, but this was not that. My phone was not even on. I was thinking about Survivor at home. And instead of trying to recover from a sickness, I think I planned a good chunk of Survivor at home season five. Really excited to try just a few unique things. And, and again, what I'm seeing on TV with Survivor is their willingness to just jump out and try new things each time. And it gets me excited. And there's a few suggestions that I've got from prior, uh, prior contestants, things we'd like to try implementing. So I can't say too much because I don't want to give away these great revelations from two in the morning, but uh, probably the fall, definitely going to be some of the biggest twists we've seen ever and trying something that we have not tried yet. 
and Survivor at home. So that's all I'll say. Stay tuned. Uh, we'd love for you to play. There's a little teaser for you. What a teaser. We are, this is becoming the season of teasers. I put in a couple of confusing teasers last week. Now you're throwing in some Survivor at home teasers and we're, uh, we're off and running. This is going to be awesome. A great season to look forward to. Absolutely. Okay. Ready to get into tonight's episode? I'm ready, man. Let's do let's, it from the let's dungeon. Let's do it. So right from the dungeon, if you haven't seen, Andrew is, it, well, no one's seen this except for myself. Andrew is in, go to his Instagram at Ironside Andrew and just take a look um, at, at his journey to get to his podcast location tonight. It is awesome. Um, I had so much fun. I reshared it as well. So you can take a look. Getting into this episode, it opens up right away. And we remember super fan Zach was voted out at the last tribal council. Half of the member of the newly formed and newly no longer in existence skinny guy alliance. Romeo realizes that that was his alliance that he wanted to be part of, but just couldn't couldn't save Zach. They had to move on. And then Tori with a very interesting confessional where mm-hmm. she's struggling out there. I mean, they don't have food at all, basically no rice. They have to kind of catch and we get into catching food a little bit later. Tori's got nothing. And she said a line that scared herself, which was that she was disappointed. It was Zach who got voted. There was part of her. I don't want to misquote her. There was part of her that was disappointed that it was Zach voted out and not her because he gets the comfort. Now she's got a dream of winning this game. So she's not, it's less disappointed than not. Uh, or sorry, less not disappointed than than disappointed, if that makes any sense. But she still had that little bit of feeling, and I think it scared her a little bit. And she she admitted that too. Um, did you well, kind of read I, into anything in that situation, or what? You, what were your thoughts about that? I imagine a lot of players think that, like when you're in a challenging situation, obviously the human aspect of like, oh man, it would be nice to go and have a burger or sleep in a bed, not be outside with the bugs and in the, the rain. But uh, they don't always show that and her vulnerability in that. And I think there, it, it actually was a bit confusing as she was talking. Cause at first you're like, Oh, she's saying she feels bad for Zach going home. And then she's like, no, like I'm sad that I'm not the one able to get some of those comforts because, and then what I took from that is that it's hard again, reminders that this is like last week too, where a few of the guys and girls said, this is not an easy show. You can watch it at home, but when you're here, you are hungry. And especially this season, as we'll get to high and others just saying like, I'm, I haven't eaten. Like I literally have hardly eaten anything in these days. So just that was an interesting comment that she made uh, there for sure. Uh, right off the start. Yeah, and as, yeah. And as devastating as, as it is to get voted at a survivor, and I'm sure it's gotta be devastating for everyone involved um, or for anyone who gets voted out, especially if you get blindsided, it's, it's awful, but the, re- the reward or the other end of it is you're not out there sleeping on bamboo or sand and mm-hmm. eating nothing or maybe eating a half-cooked crab on the ground, and that's about it. Um, you get to actually have some food, have some comfort, and there's like a little bit of solace in that or, or, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's like in the that. challenges when Jeff offers them a peanut butter sandwich or cookies or pizza or milk for a you got to give up your chance in the challenge, but you get this instant gratification. And sometimes people take it because just those basic human needs really matter. And again, when you're tested in that way, sometimes that can even overtake your mind is saying, don't do it. Like I, I where you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're wanting to keep going, but then your body's like, I gotta, I need to eat something. Right. And just your, 
in that I get it. I understand that tension for sure. Uh, and I think they don't show it as much again. I think, I think they could do a better job to be honest, still showing it. They're getting better season by season, but still like just little things that help us see just how challenging this is. And I don't know quite how they do that outside of just the testimonials. Um, but I I've, cause that's still a thing people say, it's like, well, it's not, it couldn't be that hard or like they probably do have other things that they eat, but as far as I know, they get a multivitamin a day and whatever food they can find. And that's it. Yeah. Well, and speaking of food they can find, Jenny and Chanel have a cool two-minute segment or so where they're walking around and then all of a sudden they see a couple of crabs. They're trying to grab them with a leaf, I think, and trying to catch them and they can't pick them up. And then they pick one up and they drop it and then they get it again. And Chanel skips to a Chanel confessional. I love the way Survivor has really picked up on how to show you what's going on and then skip to a confessional that is explaining a thought process in that moment. They've just that editing style, they figured it out really well. And I, I think I taught, I think I mentioned it in some roundabout way, every, every episode, but uh, that we well, cover. I love but that. Cause you one, see that later on too, with uh, Taku and I think it's Jonathan talking in the confessional about, yeah, okay, we're going to have to, this is hard because two people we like, we're going to have to look at them in the eye and say, I'm not going to write your name down. And then it literally pans to him talking to Marianne saying, I'm not going to vote you out in that second. Uh, so that I love those editing choices. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's, it's so good. They do such a good job with it. And Chanel talks about, I'm going on Survivor and someone's got to provide. And then two seconds later, she realizes, oh, oh, it's me. I have to do that. It, it's my, my job. I'm going to be the one providing. And maybe she was saying it a little bit tongue in cheek, but in that moment, she and Jenny are catching the crabs and then um, she's cooking them, right? She was the one cooking. Them yeah. Her and, and, Jenny, and Jenny said was, too, like I'm from the Jenny, city, not used to this kind of stuff. So someone's got to do it style. though. You got to eat yeah. food, right? Yes. You got to eat food. Um, and it was just, it's a fun moment where they're cooking crab. Like how often, how many people in their life are going to be in that situation where they don't have any food. So they're enjoying the littlest mm-hmm. bit of cooked crab that someone made in a pot that um, that is definitely not sanitized. That's right. But, uh, but moving on. So through that, that's a fun moment that we get to see. They're all getting to eat their crab. And then we learn about Hai. And Hai is um, uh, a vegan eater. And so it's that's a very strict um, palate. And he doesn't eat diet. vegans. He... <laughs> Sorry, it's a dad joke. For <laughs> oh my goodness. Have you seen that? Hold on, pause for a sec. Have you okay. seen that uh, TikTok or whatever it is video reel of the guy with his, uh, the two brothers of their dad out for dinner? And over the course of like the 30 seconds, he's transforming into like his dad figure where he looks down. The waitress comes over, how was your meal? And he looks down and like suddenly his shirt changes to the same shirts as his dad and his shoes, like the dad shoes. And then all of a sudden you get the glasses and then he transformed his brother's like, no, don't do it. But he can't help. And he like in a Hulk style turns into his dad and looks at the waitress. And he's like, can't you tell I, I hated the meal, like a dad joke of the empty plate. When the waitress oh asks, how was it? I can picture it. I have not seen it's that. Funny, I'm man. sure. Yeah. You got to find it and send it to me. It's funny. And the the dad uh, jokes. Uh, they keep sleep, seeping out and it does happen. But it's, anyway, yes, as you said, <laughs> hi, this interesting thing where he's, I think, very self-aware to say, this is something that is important to me, but mm-hmm. I also need energy and I don't want to be seen as a liability for the tribe. 
to, to have yeah. that perception into that wrestling on a show like survivor. I'm sure he thought about it before, but they didn't, am I wrong? Did they know again in the season coming in that they didn't have rice? They did not new. They were, okay. no, this was new because they, they mentioned that a lot in the first episode. It was shocking when Jeff Probst said that they wouldn't have any food and that they weren't right. being given rice. They were like, what is this survivor? Like you always see everyone has all this rice and, Right. Um, no, that's shocking to them because season 41 was uh, the first time where they didn't get given rice, but these contestants didn't see that season. They don't know what happened. Right. Okay. So for right. high, he would have been thinking, okay, I, I can do it with the rice. I can do it yeah. with the coconut. Yeah, exactly. And that's what he was saying too in the episode was that rice and coconuts. Okay. I'll be fine. I'll get, and then all of a sudden you take out rice and I don't know if they don't have any coconuts or what's going on in that. I've that seen a couple, camp. I think, but not. They're not showing a lot, for not sure. Much. No, I think I feel like in previous seasons we've seen a lot of cooked coconut, and not in this season we haven't seen that um, at all. I mean, we're really early, so but it just seems like high high said in this episode he hadn't eaten in four days at all, mm-hmm. and so he just had to make his decision. I'll, I'll have this little bit of crab. I'll um, forego that vegan um, palate and that vegan diet um, and eating other vegans. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he'll forego that cannibalism. Um, yeah for the betterment of himself and his tribe and his ability to compete in this game, um, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Then we get to the Taku tribe and does just seeing Marianne in all of her joy and excitement and energy and craziness, how can it not just bring like a smile and a little bit of a chuckle or even a laugh um, every time? Cause she is a bundle of fun, but I could see as well. And they talked about this on the episode. Her energy is insane. She's super sweet, but she's so excited about everything. If I'm, we see it in Mariah and Lindsay early in this episode, I could totally see that being exhausting Mm -hmm. because you're not eating much, you're not sleeping much. And so you're a little bit more irritable. That's totally fair to admit, I think. And she's just bouncing off the walls with energy. And you just kind of like, I, I just want to sleep in a bed right now. And and she just she just is nonstop. So um it's a yeah. it's a really interesting dynamic. There's a scene where she I think she finds a praying mantis or something and it's like screaming and they're just lo- like rolling their eyes at her, like, what is going on? She's like yeah. doing her own survivor commercials on CBS yes. out on the island and like singing the the survivor tune off off key. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's so much fun. But I also can get their some of their perspective in that moment where they're like, I could have used without her energy being all all over the place right now. We could have just used a relaxing a relaxing couple of moments. But she, there's nothing bad to say about her. Either. No, it's it's right? very likable. Like but it's very likable, very fun. Yeah. Um, and she says yeah. later on in the episode that at Tribal, she's like, "This is the first time I like I realize I'm on Survivor. I'm playing Survivor." So you wonder if she'll pretty quickly learn of like what's appropriate although through this episode a few of her comments even about zach which we'll get to and be you know having a crush on him that it's funny but strategic wise you're just i don't know you're you're putting too much attention on yourself in my opinion so we'll see if she can learn from this through this episode and obviously spoilers of what happens at the end that she does survive another day but see if she can learn from that because again that that you just look at her and say she's amazing, but I don't see her being able to win this season being like that or being even taken seriously. Like how do people take you seriously if you're always so joyful when it comes time to like, all right, let's stab someone in the back, right? Let's 
betray yeah. someone let's lie to someone's face yeah. can she do those I mean, kind of things it's it's yet to be seen if she'll be a strategic threat or not but she's out there and that means that there's a spotlight on you because she's so loud and energetic and ready to put herself um forward and, and speak out um even if it's nonsense and she blabbles on she's noticeable in that way right mm. and that puts its own target on you even if it's not strategic um always being in the spotlight is not always the best thing um but for now she's amazing entertainment totally likable so much fun uh rooting for her to see how long she can go in this game but i agree with you that canadian who knows if that's a, a winning game canadian um and then we continue with taku tribe and omer um shares just a couple of a couple of moments shares about his muslim faith but also has a has one line that stood out to me in talking about how there's very much a perception since 2001 and he's, he's referring to 9-11 mm-hmm. um with that comment about there's a perception about muslims and and trying for himself to be accepted in, in the world where you know fear has been created through that event that's we're talking 21 years ago now mm-hmm. um, or coming up on 21 years ago but still fear um or misperceptions or or whatever is is there and he just wants to show everyone you know this is this is actually who i am and um without you know going too much into it or or without kind of beating it beating it into anybody or or at anybody just wants to share about you know this Mm -hmm. is what i'm doing if if you see me take some my moments on the beach for uh, a, a prayer time um, he's ready to, to share that. And I thought that well, was Well, I like this humor cool too. Movie. He's like, I'm not looking yeah. for idols. He's like, I'm praying <laughs> yeah. on the beach, yeah. right? right? Um, and we see a couple of humorous moments from him that I don't even know if he's necessarily trying to be funny, funny, but mm-hmm. they're just, the way he brings it up, he is he is a funny type Absolutely. guy as well and good yeah. personality. Yeah, and just, we don't have to dive too much into this, but just that, I, that comment he says about just seeing stories and seeing people that are outside your normal bubble. So um I appreciate that. Right. And it is true. Like there's a fear. It's human nature to fear what you don't know. And you can create stories in a bubble of what a Muslim is like. And he's like, I want to help break that. And that's why representation on TV really does matter. Cause you're like, Oh, this person is exactly like me. There's a guy that I go and get uh, buy shawarmas from all the time, right near our church. And he's a Muslim and he's about our age and has kids about the same as my kids. And Candidly, he's one of the first Muslim men that I've talked to on the regular. And over time, like this dude is literally the same life as me in many ways. He just grew up a Muslim, right? And uh, and you just break down some of those stereotypes. And I think it's just good to be honest about that. I think again, that's why we can. It's not tokenism. It's just to say, I appreciate the opportunity to learn, right? And to hear yeah. people's stories and to have someone like Omar come on and tell a bit about that. And then just again, the humor that he approaches that with. And then saying, if, and it also, if you have any questions about my faith, let me know. Jonathan replies, like, Hey, I'm a Christian. If you have any questions mm-hmm. about Christianity, let me know. And then Lindsay, she's like, <laughs> I'm not a very good Jew. So you don't probably don't want to ask me any questions. And <laughs> I saw, I think later on, Lindsay even posted on Twitter being like, So a Muslim, a Christian, and a Jew walk onto an island. <laughs> dot, 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 right so, uh that's good stuff man i i love it just to, to hear people's stories is always fascinating to me um and to see them kind of inspire each other and omar says that like it's inspiring to see their faith how strong it is and how they encourage me in mine yeah. as well so yeah that was that was pretty cool to see uh ika um sorry do you have another comment about that oh i was just gonna say you you learn 
through this episode, I think one of the storylines that isn't shared, but you can just feel it, is they're on the island for five. They've been out there for four, coming up on five days together, and it's just them. And they get along so well, you become a little family. And it is a game. Someone has to get voted out. That's the rules. That's what you signed up for. It's the way it goes. But that doesn't mean that there was anyone who was obvious because of their personality or because they just weren't liked or intolerable. They all enjoy. Everyone on that tribe has a storyline, whether you're talking about Marianne and she was talking about her quirkiness in the first episode and accepting that and not only accepting it, but embracing it. Um, talked about Mariah. And I think we'll get into it a little bit later about her brother um, and how that's really affected her and the way it's been for her for the last, at this point last year, it's been almost two years probably now, but, uh, but at the time of filming, it was over the last year um, and Omer and what we were just talking about. Uh, there's just so many different storylines and it humanizes everyone. Um, and this was also the tribe that Jackson was on right? Another big right. storyline from this season so far. So you just, these, these storylines, they're, they're people, they're people just like us um, who have their own stuff going on, who have their own personal circumstances and they get to know each other. And that's one of the cool things that we're starting to learn more and more season to season in, in survivor um, humanizing the, the contestants a little bit um, mm -hmm. on their way, on their way through. Yeah. We move into the Ika tribe and Drea, Drea's playing hard. Um, she wants to form this all, all women Alliance, the all girls Alliance with Tori and Swathi, um, wants to form that. And, and then she walks away and all of a sudden Swathi realizes how good Drea is, how hard she's playing. And is like, we just have, we have to vote her out. And it's just that this is that season. This is that evolution of, of survivor where, everyone's thinking a step ahead and cool that that drea wants to work with tori and swathi but she's dangerous and is that someone you really want to work with going forward plus she has she has two advantages she only shared about one but she's got two advantages mm -hmm. in her pocket with that extra vote and the amulet advantage um which is a which is interesting if you don't know about the amulet advantage it's actually more dangerous for you to vote someone out who has it because it becomes more powerful to be used against you, but you don't know that. Um, but that's but that's kind of the truth. Yeah, of that. no, that is interesting. I think I've seen a few people on Twitter, former contestants, saying again as they did last season, like, why don't people know to keep this stuff to themselves? This is kind of the age-old question of Survivor. Do you tell people or do you not tell them when you have an advantage or an idol? And more and more, we're seeing that almost reverting back to early of seasons because there's there was a chunk of seasons where you just knew like you don't tell people it would come out once in a while but what we saw last season especially it was like every like is there anything that's hidden i don't think there was like everyone knew about everyone's advantages and idols i think so and so this is again already we're seeing a few of that those in this episode you're like drea what are you doing like you've you can go to the girls and say let's work together and you don't have to tell them about your extra vote you have the numbers right there mm -hmm. I don't get it, man. I think it's still a survivor one-on-one that I would tell people not to do. And yet you keep, yep. I think Boston Rob too, was even chirping them. Like, what are these players doing? The most powerful, we learned it in season um, four of survivor at home. The most powerful advantages and idols are the ones that no one knows about. No one has a clue that you've got. Those are the most powerful because those are the, they, to use another survivor term, they blindside you. Exactly. 
right? Yeah. If you you don't know that it's you don't know that it's there, you don't have any hint that it's there, you're not planning for it. Meanwhile, if I if I have let's say a steal a vote and you are voting for me and you don't know about that steal a vote, that's an, and I I know that there are votes coming for me. That's an advantage that I have not only physically with the steal a vote, but mm -hmm. mentally I know what's going to happen. And I can be confident in that, even though you think you know what's going to happen and you're confident in that. It's it, it, the dynamic of it. But as soon as people start to know, it, it's gone out the window. And speaking of people start to know, Mike uh, goes out looking for an idol, finds the beware advantage. I don't see any reason not to take it. Like it says beware. It says you got to do whatever it says. It's survivor. Well, he even says how, ba how bad could it be? <laughs> okay mike well we'll see how bad it is yes um because the scenes from next episode were also pretty interesting with him but um he finds the beware advantage and back again for a second season in a row these one-liners that have to be said at um challenges there's so much grace in the game of soccer it makes me cry and i, I love so that it's good. mike I, it's so good because i love that it's mike that gets this one because then again it cuts to a confessional of him saying he told his kids i think he said he has two boys and he told them that no he said he coached i think he coaches coached, football coaches football and told the kids that soccer is not a real sport right which is offensive <laughs> to me but i've it's heard that many times lot, it's, it's yeah. offensive to a lot of people who uh who've been around soccer for a long time um but it, it's also really funny and entertaining and mike there's so many sides of mike and it's it's a lot of fun and then he hides the advance, hides the idol, and uh, he's got no vote, as we know at the barrier advantage until right. it's activated. Do you think he's that's too no harsh? Vote. By the way, we've talked about this last season, but is that too harsh to not have a vote for potentially when, when it really is out of your control? If the other contestants choose not to say it, or it's if more no one harsh. finds it, I, I it's think more harsh now that more than half of his tribe knows that he doesn't have a vote. Yes, if but even if they know, didn't. I feel if like it's too much. I feel like you could, uh, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot, especially on six person tribes. Um, is that green tribe down to five or are they at six? Uh, that's Vati. That's Vati, yeah. Let me pull up my hair. Yeah, we're just up here. In the dungeon. Um, but that's a lot of. No, they have six still. They have six still. They have all six of them in. Um, but still a six person tribe is really small. Like a one in six, your, your vote is one out of six. That's the same as the shot in the dark. Shot in the dark is one out of six, right? So it's it's a lot this early in the game when they have such small tribes. If mm -hmm. it was a tribe of 10, maybe it wouldn't be the same. Maybe your vote's a little bit less powerful. Um, but anyways, he goes on, he tells, who was the first person he told? I didn't catch who the first person he told. He then told Daniel. He told one of the girls. He tells first. Jenny first. Jenny, oh, Jenny was the first, okay. And I wrote in my notes, why? Dot, dot, dot. Like, why are you telling Jenny? And then, yeah. then he tells, and tells, then he tells Daniel. Daniel yeah. But in another hilarious moment of Survivor, he can't find the advantage. Yeah, that's he good. He doesn't remember where he hit it in the ground. And so now you've got that dynamic of Daniel's learning that, that Mike kind of has an idol a little bit um, or is about to have an idol, but also has no idea where it is and can't find it. And he hit it on himself. Um, and just a funny moment. But then Daniel tells Chanel, so three, four of the six members of this tribe mm -hmm. know about this advantage. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what Mike's thinking. It's it's probably gonna come back to bite him. I I want to comment on Daniel and Chanel. I'll say it now while you brought it up. 
I think those two hearing them talk, they it's the first time we're hearing a bit more of Chanel's story too. Yeah, I think those two could be dangerous. They have a great mind, both of them. They have some knowledge of some other advantages now, obviously in the game. And they just, I don't know, there's something when I saw them talking, I got a really good vibe. I'm like, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to call it now. I, I'm going to say Daniel and Chanel go really far in this game so long as they don't get uh, split up, which yeah. obviously could happen. But really, really good vibe from them. Uh, just Great. working together, thinking through the game. Uh, I did want to talk to you about uh, Taku. We jumped back there with Jonathan yeah. Omar. They're, you know, talking about pairings, working together. Jonathan and Omar also very much complimenting each other. And Jonathan, I still can't fully get a read on him, but I like his awareness again to say we're, Omar and I are very different, different in almost every way, he says, but being different can actually help you in this game. And he says, we kind of like make the perfect person <laughs> if we work together. Perfect human. Perfect, perfect human. human. Well, they're just like, you look at this, the dynamic of the two of them, and Jonathan is this like super active, fit guy, and Omer's a, a Muslim veterinarian. Like they come from two different countries to, to begin with in general. Just there's not really Very a path different. in life where they where they cross over and yet they go out here on survivor, which at the end of the day is a social experiment and they just get along because they're helping each other. Even the moment where they're sitting on the beach and um, Jonathan wants to, I think Omer's opening a coconut with a machete and Jonathan wants to help him, but he's like, look, do you want to watch me do it? Or do you want to, you like, you can keep trying. I feel like I can help you and show you how to do it. And you do it afterwards. But if you don't, you just want to keep going with it. I'll sit here and cheer you on. And it was a cool moment of the two of them communicating with each other, learning how to work with each other and just enjoying their, what did someone phrase it as their bro time? Um, yeah. Together. I like that comment. Like, look at their bro time as opposed to like yeah. these guys strategizing together. They're just a bit of a family oh. lingo there as well. But exactly. another thing that was significant, obviously on that tribe was the time for Maria to tell a bit of her story Maria. and yeah. sharing about how her brother passed away. The first healthcare worker in the USA to die from COVID. He was a nurse, I think in New York, she said. Yeah. Yeah. New York. Um, and just, she's, she's just very honest. She said, I haven't had any closure. Like in part, that's because I've been raising my kids. Um, just COVID itself is so hard, but I thought that was she said one of her direct shocking. Yeah. One of her direct quotes was, Losing him is indescribable. I've been holding my breath for a year. Wow. Right? Because as soon as you lose him, everyone's stuck at home. I don't know exactly how old their kids are. I don't think she shared that. But if they're, if they're school age or not, it doesn't matter. They've been home every day for two years without really any break up until, well, at this point, it's it's March 2021 when they're filming, or May 2021 when they're filming this. So you're talking, they they haven't really been out of the house much, right? Or at least that's the assumption through COVID. You're, you're a parent, you can speak to that. I don't think your kids, other than when school went back into into class, they'd be at home every day too, right? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so it's definitely all consuming with, for sure. Yeah, it's all consuming. Exactly. That's the way to, uh, to put it. And they've, she hasn't had a chance to think about it or process it or grieve it she's just had to to take care of them and i'm sure she loves it but she needs time where she can come out like this yeah. take time for herself learn about herself be a little bit selfish that's what this game is and see what happens well we even had in survivor at home season four we had tori our friend tori not 
on TV, Tori, say yeah. that for her being a mom where she, a lot of her life right now is again, kid. She said, I just love this weekend to be able to play. And she's going to be hopefully a guest. We've invited her to join us on a podcast this season, but she said it, it was so nice to have a weekend to just focus on myself. And for those, um, you know, in that circumstance, it's especially during COVID it is, it's really cool to just, have an opportunity to be yourself, to be selfish. That's not a bad thing. It's actually a very good thing to have that kind of time for yourself, but that's been stripped in many ways. And so I really, it really hit me when she was talking, obviously I haven't experienced that kind of loss at all, but just very tragic. And just again, reminding us like in the, the global context that that was filmed in and still today with, with COVID and other realities, it's like, man, people are it's crazy people's stories, right? Every person you talk to, you never know what they've been through and what they're going through. Like, it's just not, it's nuts. And so just that, again, that basic human reminder to be kind and compassionate to people. Um, I was really moved by her and I didn't like the outcome of this episode because of that. I thought it was cruel yeah. that they didn't give her more of a chance to really heal and unpack. I think this could have been a very meaningful season for her. I would have loved to have seen that. And it's, it's, I'm actually really disappointed uh, to be honest. I'm not just saying this. I was actually really gutted. I'm like, that sucks that she got voted out this episode based on what we've heard. Um, so yeah. yeah. Although let me say just a funny thing, the, uh, that idea of being kind, you know, and it's like, you never know what someone's going through. So just treat people with kindness. Like these are like the words we tell ourselves. Yeah, that but then it's like someone cuts you off in traffic and you just lose all that you're like, you <laughs> idiot. Well, there's other words to use, but my kids might listen to this. So but you do you just it just flips the switch when you drive, but it's like you <laughs> would try driving out there. Yeah, is, it's yeah. totally different. Everything goes out the out the way. But yeah, yeah it. Um, that's a cool kind of per perspective on that. And yeah, uh, and it's too bad for for her. We'll get into this at the end of this episode, but um, I agree with you that the learning experience and the the ways in which she you could see her grow on this season were were endless, and it kind of gets cut yeah, short a little. It bit. really is, man. I don't, I'm 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 still disappointed for I feel yeah. for her, and I think she's I've seen her. She was doing an uh, an interview with Erica, season forty one winner Canadian, yeah. who's just now got a gig with ET Canada, which is pretty cool. She does interviews with Survivor. She's like their Survivor rep. And she debriefs on TV with them after each week. And so I saw just a little bit and she was just saying how great of a person, uh, how much respect she has for uh, Maria as well. So, um, but yeah, disappointed to see her go, but let's, let's jump to the immunity challenge. Um, before they start a really funny moment where Marianne just reveals to the whole world and to Jeff and everyone that she has this crush on Zach and is disappointed to see him go and Jeff is just listening. Everyone's laughing and Marianne just with her bubbly smile. And Jeff, I think even says to her, like, you know, someone who loves love, don't like keep this hope alive. Right. Don't, yeah. don't give up. Um, such a joy. Again, I wonder, is this the right time Marianne to, to be putting out your baggage? Um, but then I wondered, and someone's, I think someone said this online too. Could that have been her code phrase? Like, did she find the beware advantage and something in what she said was, connected to having a crush on someone or do you think she just was genuinely uh feeling the feeling the love i think that was pretty genuine out of her i i don't know if survivor would have her say that line without telling us before what it was supposed to be 
Mm-hmm. I think that was her because she stuck to that storyline later on when it didn't when she didn't need to stick to it. That's true. Right? That's true. Uh, and she, she stuck seemed to pretty, it. That's true. She did seem pretty. Yeah. Like so, it's an interesting theory, but. I'm not I'm not buying it at this point. I will I will admit if I'm wrong next week or the week after if they reveal it, but I'm not buying that storyline. Right I don't know. Now. I'm gonna go I I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead on a limb here genuine. and say I'm gonna go ahead on a limb here and say maybe it was the clue. Maybe she maybe we don't know as much about Marianne as we think, and she's actually coming to play the game and just saying stuff like that. And they, maybe she's good at acting and she's able to put that on and actually fully pulling people's legs. I appreciate I that you're going. I appreciate that you're going out on a limb with a maybe. Yeah, it's a maybe. It's a maybe. From the <laughs> it's dungeon, a a I'll throw out maybe. a maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. But they get into this challenge. Okay. Uh, we'll see if that's We've a cold seen... phrase. And uh, go ahead. Yeah, the, yeah. the blindfold. We. The blindfolded challenge, I mean, we've seen a whole bunch of different versions of this, and it's a really interesting dynamic where everyone is blindfolded except for one person who's the caller. Um and they have to just scream and yell the whole time. And it's chaos. And even Jeff Probst at one time talks about the chaos. He's going, there's three people, three callers yelling. All the contestants don't know what's going on. I'm talking as well. Yeah, well, Jeff, if I'm a contestant, I know you're talking out there. They can hear you the whole time. Um, I love Jeff's commentary. It's, it's, it's so good. It gets better and better all the time. Like he's just um, having fun out there, man. I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he's just and he, and he he understands the game more and more each season. Mm-hmm. It's it's awesome. Um, Vati takes an early lead. Ika right behind, and then you referenced the. I'm just I'm just blasting through here because there's really just one comment that was made when I was watching yesterday was, how come they always find a way to run headfirst into every obstacle uh, <laughs> or like the worst possible spot? They stub their toe, run hip straight into it. Um, there was a post in the middle that I think high was crawling to, and he could have hit it with his shoulder. He could have hit it with his arm as he's crawling. He could have clipped it with his foot as he's crawling by it. No, he just goes head in the middle of the post. Um, (laughs) why, why is it that way? Why can't, why can't it be easier on them? Um, that, that challenge was fun, but at the end of it is a puzzle and everyone stays blindfolded except for the caller. And you referenced that conversation between Erica and, um, Mariah on ET, I saw just a little bit of it, the first couple seconds of it. And in the first couple seconds, Erica asked, you know, why, why was Jonathan your caller? Like, how did that happen? She goes, Mm -hmm. I don't really remember how we got to that point. Mm -hmm. But one of the things was he was, yeah, the loudest person on the team. And so that was a good reason to pick him as the caller, but they would have known the rules were that he also had to do the puzzle. Right. And he admittedly is not the puzzle guy, any which way, shape or form. That's not his strength. That's not his forte. That's not the way he is. That's not how he's going to be successful in this game by mm-hmm. putting him on puzzles. So why did they assign him to it? If they mm-hmm. knew that, even though it gets you through puzzles or make or break in this, in this game, like, you're you're almost always gonna finish a challenge on the puzzle and they put their weakest puzzle person as the only person who could see it Uh, it that's a great point yeah the great point because they did she talked about on that interview with erica how they even got a bit of a hint before all the tribes that it's going to be something a blindfold perhaps and so they were trying to practice calling or figuring out who the loudest voice was so obviously he checks that box but to your point like you got to weigh that with, can he walk us through a puzzle? And so they probably came into it saying, okay, Jonathan clearly is the best to call out the blindfold. No problem. But again, similar to before with 
with high, right? When he, he has a perception of something and then he comes in, it's like, Oh crap, this is different than what I thought. So they, they have to go in and be able to see. And we know from behind the scenes notes that Jeff walks them through the challenge and gives everyone a chance to ask questions. They got lots of time to, they know it. They know know what it is. It's not like, Oh, I totally forgot. There's a puzzle. You're right. Like they would know that this is at the end. Obviously Jonathan can get us there. He can yell louder than anyone on the tribe, but if he can't walk us through a puzzle, we're not going to win. And again, that I could see that the tension in that, if you've already decided he's probably the good fit, but I I think he, again, you got to say guys like this is just objective, but Jonathan, do you think at the end you could, how do you think you would do with a puzzle? Like directing two people in the heat of a moment to unscramble a puzzle. Um, And I don't think they had that conversation. I mean, I'd be interested to hear, but it's just unfortunate because that really bit them in the butt because of it. So yeah. It really did. It bit them in the butt. Always got to be thinking. Yeah, you got you got to be ahead of it. And even who were the other callers? Lydia was a caller. She Lydia, a ch- she's a champion, by the way. She had a few uh, few awesome lines in there as well. Make sure you go back and yeah. check it out. But it was yeah. hilarious. She's really becoming a favorite of mine on this season <laughs> as well, man. A lot of fun. Uh, even from her opening scene in episode one, where she's talking about like, what am I doing on the beach and the middle of the heat uh, with all these animals running around, like just, she had that moment at the beginning of it and, um, and gets to, to do something that she'd never thought she would be doing out there. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so it was Jonathan, Lydia, Andrea. For the- Andrea was the third one. Yep. Yeah. Andrea. Um, that's an interesting choice, but clearly she's good at the puzzle. So um, she seems more to be the physical uh, on the physical side rather than the, um, no, actually, you know what? She's playing hard. She's playing the strategic sides too. I wasn't sure how she'd be with puzzles, but she clearly did it better than Jonathan did. And, and that's the whole point of, of this discussion. Mm-hmm. Taku is going to tribal um, and Maria, they, they are basically right from the beginning, everyone on the tribe, even Maria and Marianne. Sorry, know, is it? I'm, I want to clarify. Is, is it Maria or I'm blanking it's, on it's, it? It's Maria is how they've pronounced it in the game. Mariah. Mariah, oh boy, there it is. here we are, Mariah. Got it. Well, knew, we, we got I said there. I know, I said Maria, and then I started you say that, and I'm like, no, we got it. This is Mariah. Mariah. Okay. Here we are, 30, 35 minutes in, 40 minutes in, and we're uh, we're getting people's names right eventually, right? Oh, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Um, So it's Mariah or Marianne, and they yes. even both know that, where Marianne, it's like, we should vote for Mariah. That's what makes the most sense. And Mariah's like, I think the best option is to vote for Marianne. Um, and it becomes between the, t- the two of them. And they're starting to weigh, the rest of the tribe is starting to weigh out who's going to help you more long-term versus um, you, you have to win now. You can't keep going back to tribal. That's the hardest thing is um, they acknowledge that Mariah's probably going to be more loyal to everyone later on. But Marianne is seems like a physical challenge threat and can help you out early on in the game to not go back to tribal because that's kind of the goal. You can't get to the end if you're always going to tribal. It's it's not easy. I thought and this was a hard decision though. Like objectively, I don't. Like, who would you have picked if you were there? Oh boy, I I don't know. Like it's not like one was really good and one was really bad no, they, i they feel like they both had equal opportunity they're both a, a good part of the tribe and they're both clearly loved by the tribe um mm-hmm. right and and i think they looked at it as 
they are more likely to win the next challenge with Marianne on their team than with Mariah. And even if that's a 5% more likely, like a, a minimal amount, they feel a little bit more likely to win with her than with Mariah. And that's, that's what it comes down to. And it's a tough mm-hmm. decision and they don't like it. And Mariah has a good read on people as well. She knew to play that shot in the dark. They tried to make her feel pretty comfortable and she knew to play it and it was the right choice to play it because she was, it was a unanimous vote, vote for her. Um, uh, but one of the notes I made though, was Marianne can't control herself. She heads out looking for an idol and gets caught doing it. And everyone that knows paranoid, that. the paranoid. Reaction. And I thought that moment was one that was, was going to p- potentially prove fatal. Mm-hmm. um for her game and it didn't which is um which is good for her to be able to to survive that and move on from that but um and everyone seemed to agree that mariah is more trustworthy as well moving forward that she's more likely to continue to work with everyone there versus marianne is a little bit more of a wild card she'll do what she needs to do she'll um yeah so they Going into tribal, the classic, it's this person or that person, and we're not going to tell you who it is, but you can ha- you can draw your own conclusions and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, it's hard to put yourself in your shoes being on, on the island. You don't know the greater context all the time, but from what they show us, mm-hmm. I'm trying to do this more of like, what would I objectively try and do if I were there? Maybe I'm getting ready when I go on the show, but I, I really do think real life, I probably would be persuaded to lean like to keep Mariah based on what I said before that just her story really resonated with me. And that's just a subjective thing like that. It may not connect with everyone in the same way. And maybe Marianne, there's pieces that I would have really connected with Canadian, you know, uh, the Christian background too, and some connecting points, but just trying to think yeah, that, that probably would have, I would have pushed to keep Mariah there. And of course you don't know what other people say, like, well, Yes, and let's but let's still vote her out for other reasons. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was I was again I was disappointed to see her go uh, based on what she had shared uh, in that. But kind of an uneventful trial. Well, not too much. We've talked already about Marianne's continued discussion of finding love, and she, I think she says maybe God's got a plan. Like I'm gonna find the million dollars and uh, make you know a connection to date or marry someone here as well, which is pretty funny. Puts puts herself in the shoes of being at the end after having already created a whole, a whole relationship story and saying to, to Jeff, well, thank you for inviting me on survivor. That's off to the side now. Cause here's what's actually going on and having fun with that. Um, She's hilarious. That's good. She's hilarious. Her imagination just goes that Jeff has this moment in tribal where she's just going and going and going. And he just sits there like, Whoa, how does your mind work? Like, this is incredible to, to watch it just like unfold. And she starts going through section A, section B, subsection A, subsection, like lists all these different permutations and examples of what could happen. And Jeff's like taken aback by it because her mind just goes. And clearly that's the way she's wired. There's no, there's no, if, there's no doubts about it. Um, I mean, it's going to be entertaining for for as long as she's on this season. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, Marianne uh, survives because uh, Mariah plays her shot in the dark and doesn't get it. And yeah. again, unanimous vote, right? Like no votes unanimous again. Vote. 
Oh yeah, that's right. No votes. Two votes. And actually Jackson every... was pulled. So no one has got a vote yet. No one who's in the game has no received one has... a vote. That's interesting. Yeah. No one in the game has received a vote. Yeah. Because both Zach and Mariah got voted out unanimously and played their shot in the dark. So they didn't vote for anyone. Right. Um, also two episodes, two shots in the dark, both were not safe. And if you're counting back to last season, there was one shot in the dark played. It was also a failure. So we're over three, which mm-hmm. means in theory, the next three times the shot in the dark is played. One of them is going to turn up safe. Is that how it works? Like, is there a limited number in there? No, it's just a it's one, one in six. six it's just a time. one in six shot. But the if you're playing the odds, someone's going to get it. Right. In the next, what about in the, in the same three. tribal? Like, what if three people play a shot in the dark? Do they all pull for they the would same all basket? Be, or is it all one in six odds? I I think it makes the most sense to me that they're all one in six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is what makes the most sense to me. Each is each is each isn't affected by the other. Okay. Yep. Um, the other thing, just before Jeff goes to read the votes, Jonathan has an interesting quote where he says, We like everyone, but a game needs to be played. It's that simple. And it just reminds you that. You know, you have these great stories and Mariah has a, a very cool story and she's clearly out there to learn something. But the four who are the main majority members of this tribe mm-hmm. um, had an agreement. Actually, the three uh, had an agreement. Omer, Jonathan, and Lindsay knew what they wanted to do. They were all in agreement and they voted with Marianne against Mariah. And that's, and that's the way it goes. That is the way it goes. Poor Mariah. I hope she has find some peace. She did say in her, even in her exit testimonial that survivor is like parenting. It's super hard. And yet I love it in every possible way. Mm-hmm. And she said even that she knows her brother would be proud of her um, and to keep taking risks and pushing yourself out of her comfort zone, not to live by fear. So good on her five days on the Island. Again, doesn't seem like a lot, but we've played a, a survivor at home weekend two nights 14 hours total that feels like an experience of a lifetime and you feel very close to the people you journey with you've played in other survivor games you the connections are real so i believe that more and more when she says you know what i'm thankful for these five days i've learned a lot already um i think it's i think it's real it's crazy how quickly you can get to know people um in any in any context of life uh, you can build relationships really quickly. And so being out there when you're on an island with nothing but the people around you, no other distractions, no other life situations going on. Like the truth of the matter is in between night one and night two of Survivor at Home, there's other things going on. I literally, in between the two, we were in almost full shutdown, but I was one of 10 people at a wedding in between nights one and two of, of one Survivor at Home game. Um, uh, so it's it's like you have other things going on, other distractions, and still you can create connections through it. Um, never mind other games, but this, the, the show you're out there completely, uh, no one else, no one else there. So those connections are real. Those people get to know each other really well. And it's, it, you realize how hard it is to vote someone out. Um, even though you really like them, because mm-hmm. we've seen in past seasons where there's just someone who everyone doesn't like, there's not that, that person, there's not that person. Mm-hmm. in this season and there wasn't in the last season either uh, but there's definitely not that person in this season at least not yet mm-hmm. absolutely um survivor at home.com i've just updated the website with uh, easier access for you to check out the podcast to see content from past seasons to get in touch with us if you would like 
us to run a season for you, for your friends, 16 people uh, who are crazy enough to take part in this. We'd love to consider that. And of course, upcoming details for season five of Survivor at Home. Jordan, anything else for those listening at home as we conclude episode two? For those listening at home, um, bug Andrew on when the next season of Survivor at Home will be. Uh, he's already teased September, maybe October. We'll see about that. But um, bug it, get to applying. Are applications open? Can you someone know what? apply so this even is, if they don't know? Yeah, even on the website now, I've allowed applications to come in anytime. Great. So we can screen those. We are still prioritizing applications from friends or friends of friends in the survivor home community, you but there are always exceptions. If, if you're listening and you're like, I don't know these guys, but I love what they're talking about. I'd love to take part in this. Send us an application. We can be in touch and see if there might be an opportunity for you to participate as well. Um, SurvivorAtHome.com. That is in the show notes as well. Um, Reach out, find us on social, interact with, interact with us on social. That's the next step on the podcast, I think, it Andrew, is, is that uh, we start interacting with some of the listeners and some of the fans out there, and we get uh, some social interaction going at Jordan B. Timpson. At, is it at Ironside, Andrew? Is that it correct is. on Twitter as well? Yeah. Um, so at Jordan and then the letter B, Timpson, and at Ironside, Andrew. We look forward to talking to you more on social channels and get going. You can find us both on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, I like to be active on Twitter, even if my Twitter timeline is all over the place at times. I'm sure Andrew can <laughs> can attest to that as a as a follower of mine. Um, we have a ton of fun with it. So, Andrew, that is all for this episode. We are ready for next week. Will be episode three of Survivor at Home, the podcast season following Survivor 42. Um, it was, it's been a great start to the season. A lot of good players, a lot of good twists. I've, act, I've liked the twist this season. I think you have as well, and a lot of others have. It's been good feedback so far, and I'm ready to see what comes next in episode three. So have yourself a good week, and we will talk to you then. Oh, and let me say one more thing. I forgot. If you listen on Spotify, interact with us on there as well. Scroll down on the episode on your phone and you can see polls and questions that we post based on each episode a lot just an extra way for you to connect with the survivor at home podcast and the community so thank you for listening it's been a blast excited for next week to see uh, to have our first guest on our co-host uh, with us this is jordan i'm andrew we'll see you next week bye everyone